Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Psalm 34. This has been our base scripture. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify. Everybody say magnify. The Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Today we're going to look also at 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body, everybody say your body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, we could say magnify, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Today I'm concluding our series entitled, Magnify, this is part four, and this is our final installment. We've looked at magnifying him while in a cave. We've looked at who's qualified to worship everything that has breath. I qualify to magnify. We've looked at biblical praise and worship, spirit, soul, and body. We're called to be telescopes, not microscopes. If you don't understand that, go listen to the podcast. And today's installment is entitled, Magnify. Hell's greatest victory is our greatest weapon. Hell's greatest victory is our greatest weapon. And I'll explain that in a moment. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would speak to us today, God. Just minister to us today. Challenge us today, God. Take us beyond religion into the realm of the Spirit and what you love to do. God, minister so powerfully. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hell's greatest victory is our greatest weapon. Christianity is a a religion. We don't like that word, but it means it's a system of beliefs, a system of worship, a conceptual construct that serves as a means whereby we can explain phenomena, the universe, existential reality, knowing, feeling, experience, the metaphysical. And it's more than mental. It's spiritual. It's something we believe. In the world, Christianity is known as a faith. The Bible calls The Christian message, though, the faith, the faith. In 1 Timothy 3.9, Paul tells a young pastor, Timothy, that leaders in the church should hold the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. And in 5.8, he tells Timothy that if a believer does not provide for his own, especially those of his household, he has denied the faith. In 2 Peter 1 And one, Apostle Peter alludes to the singularity and exclusivity of the faith when he says that we have received like precious faith. In Jude 3, Jude, who is the half-brother 
of Jesus Christ does the same thing when he speaks of the faith that was once delivered to the saints. The bottom line is this. The message of Jesus, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is something to be believed. That's an inside thing. Stuff of the heart and of the spirit. Now hang with me because this has a twist. This inside stuff, faith, this faith only comes as we hear the message. It only comes as we hear it. Hear, H-E-A-R. Did you catch that? Now we could talk about hearing with the heart, which definitely has its place. Jesus said in Matthew eleven fifteen, he that has ears, let him hear. He, he was speaking of this, this, it was idiomatic. He's speaking of having an open mind and an open heart, an inner hearing. And while that is true, you have to first hear with an outer hearing. Are you with me? Now, now in the physical realm, even if somebody is hearing impaired, it, it would go through an external source to, for them to upload that information to the brain and to the, the heart. You have to hear. Romans 10, 14, and 15, Paul puts it this way. How then shall they call on him, that's Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, that's Jesus, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear about Jesus without a preacher who proclaims and speaks? And how shall they preach, proclaim, and speak with their voice, with their physical voice about Jesus unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And then verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So notice this the gospel of peace, glad tidings of good things, the word of God. These are words that describe what God has done for us in Christ. The seed of the woman, the Son of God, the Messiah, the sacrifice, the atonement, the cross, the tomb, the death, the burial, the resurrection. All of this is the gospel, the good news, the word. And all of this God did for us. He worked it out for us. That is called the faith. It's what we believe. And really, it's called the faith, but it's really on God's side of it. It is the grace of God. And out of us hearing about His grace, faith comes. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Paul said, For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, God's grace is relational to our faith. Grace is His part. Faith is ours. Grace came first. Faith followed next. John said we love Him because He first loved us. Our faith is the result of His grace. Are you with me? Amen? Now, when Adam fell and God said the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, which is this long redemptive story, I'll undo all this mess. This was not just going to happen even though it was in God's heart, even though it was God's will, even though it was God's intention, and even though he said it was going to happen. 
it wasn't just going to happen because he said so. Now, I know God's God, and when he says something, he guarantees it. You can bank on it. But follow me. The fact that he said it was not enough. His word, the word of his grace, demanded action on his part. It demanded corresponding action by God. Here in this physical reality, on this plane of existence. So immediately upon saying this, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. He began the process of acting in this physical realm right off the bat. He killed animals and covered Adam and Eve in skins immediately. He didn't say, he didn't say it's good. something's going to happen down the road. He killed these animals and covered them and said, I'm implementing the emergency relief package right here now. I am about to do something spectacular. It may take me a long time. But he rolled up his sleeves. Are you with me? And he started acting out what needed to happen to make his word come to pass. He required that men and women hear with their physical ears his word, words that were filled with plans and purpose. And, and, and for those, those men and women to process those words in their minds, believe those words with their hearts, and then begin to act on those words, act like they believe them. Here, now, in this physical realm, they built altars, y'all. They sacrificed animals. They called on his name with their voices, they prayed and they worshiped. They went and they did whatever he said. Men like Seth and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and on and on and on. They partnered with God. Everybody say partnered with God. And eventually 1 John 1, uh, John 1 14 says that the word, the word of his grace, his promised redemption became flesh in Bethlehem. That's Jesus the Christ, the seed of the woman, became flesh in Bethlehem and dwelled among us and he, he continued to work out his plan. James 2.26, James is the brother of Jude, the other half brother of Jesus, and he said it like this, faith without works is dead. And the idea is this, if faith is on the, outs, uh, is on the inside, there will be evidence on the outside in a form that is discernible, demonstrable action. It parallels the faith on the inside. You'll see it on the outside. There will be evidence on the outside that there's faith on the inside. And so if faith is our part and grace is his part, then grace without works is dead too. I'll give you some good news though. Grace without works is non-existent. He's never said something and never acted on it. He always follows through. Listen, in this realm, in this realm, not, not just up in, in the sweet by and by and somewhere over there. So, so the spiritual and the physical have a symbiotic relationship. They affect one another. Christianity is all about grace and faith, both expressed and lived out, spirit, soul, and body. God doesn't just say things. He acts on what he says. And he doesn't expect us just to believe things. He, believe, he expects us to act on what we say we believe about what he has said. You have to have both. Now say with me, our foundational text says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I, I, I'm talking about hell's greatest victory is our greatest weapon. 
I'm excited about this. Lord, help me to get this word out. Breath implies an esophagus, an air passage, nasal cavity, bronchial tubes, alveoli, lungs, blood, arteries, veins, capillaries. That's flesh. Everybody say flesh. To magnify the Lord biblically requires a living body. Psalm 115 and 17 says this. It says, the dead do not praise the Lord. It's speaking of when the physical body passes in this realm, we're done praising the Lord. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, your bodies here and now. That's the human body here and now. Consider this. There are 206 bones that form our frame. 600 muscles of which we move and manipulate these bodies. Two million optic nerve cells allowing us to focus and see. A a heart the size of a fist that's pumping 2,600 plus gallons of blood every day through 60,000 miles of vessels, veins, and arteries. Our bodies, our flesh, our flesh is composed of water, salt, calcium, carbon, chlorine, phosphorus, fat, iron, sulfur, glycerin. Man was made in the image of God after his likeness. But when Adam fell all those years ago and that innocence was lost, that flesh was ruined. Man would live and now man would die. And to this day, no matter how powerful of a manifestation of God's presence we have, no matter how much the depth goes when it comes to the demonstration of his power, and no matter how powerful and incredible the divine encounters we may enjoy are, no matter who we are, when or where it happens, flesh is flesh. It's just broken and fallen flesh. Say that, flesh. It's just broken, it's fallen, it's going to die, it's going to turn into dust. And yet, in spite of that, in God's economy, flesh matters. What you do with your body counts. It matters. Come on, give God some praise right now. Don't fall for the lie that water baptism has no significance and no meaning. It does. What you do with these physical bodies matters. We're baptizing Leanna today. I'm excited about that. We believe in water baptism. Don't buy into the lie that speaking in tongues does not matter. And it's insignificant because it's something you do with your body. God doesn't care about your body. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Just because it's broken doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. Oh, man. Woo. It matters. Abstaining from certain behaviors matters. Getting yourself involved in certain behaviors matters. I am amazed. This is what amazes me, y'all that worship expressed in the brokenness of human frailty and flesh, magnifying him in all of our glory, and I say that with an asterisk, is express, it's exp- expressing ourselves in the flesh. It, to, to God, it's worship, and it matters. you got to be kidding me. This, 
It's astounding. Why? Because all flesh is dying. Why? Because of sin. Why is flesh dying because of sin and why is there sin because of the fall and why is there the fall because the devil deceived the woman and the man rebelled against the will of God the destruction of the flesh is the result of what the devil did in the garden of Eden some 6,000 years ago when Adam ate that fruit with his flesh I might add it started a chain reaction that exists to this day here are some businesses that exist today because of what happened 6,000 years ago. Baton Rouge General. Our Lady of the Lake. Auctioner. Blue Cross Blue Shield. United Health. Baskerville Casket Company. You ever see those trucks? You're like, man, they have a lot of caskets. Got those double trailers with those Baskerville caskets. Good Lord. Most popular casket company in, in the world. Wouldn't exist had the devil not won a battle in the Garden of Eden 6,000 years ago. Here's some more. Arso, Orso, whatever it's called. I got invited to a pastor's appreciation luncheon, and, and Lord have mercy, no offense here, I love the guys at Orso. They do a great job. But they invited me to a pastor's appreciation luncheon for pastors at Orso. At Orso, come eat a meal with us at the funeral home. We want to show you how much we love you. And I'm like, I don't want to have a luncheon at the funeral home. <laughs> Welcome to Pastor World. You know, I'm thankful that you appreciate me. But I'm just telling you, I'll be shocked if anybody, I don't know any pastors like, I can't wait to get to that luncheon. It's free food. Does it matter that much? They wouldn't exist. Rest Haven wouldn't exist. Ravenhorst wouldn't exist. Now, now you can argue that the greatest victory the devil ever won was the destruction of the flesh of man. He guaranteed it's absolute destruction by what he caused to happen in the Garden of Eden. But here's what's so cool, and here's the focus today, and this is where I'm going and closing. Psalm 8, 1, 2. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth. Everybody say mouth. Mouth? The mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength that spiritual strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Physical, fallen, broken, dying bodies can say some things that affect the enemy, the devil in the spirit realm. Matthew 21, 15, 16, Jesus quotes this. When the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying out with their mouths in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. These high priests were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? That's magnifying God. Can you see this? Hell's greatest victory, the corruption of our flesh, God has turned it into our greatest weapon against the enemy. 
And who is our enemy? Ephesians 6. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If you want to silence the enemy in that realm, then you need to begin to praise and lift up the name of the Lord in this realm. Listen, your body may not be what it used to be. It may be wrinkled and broken and cracked and dying, but you lift up a praise to God and you can shut up the devil. Come on, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Use what you have. have. I mean, your body, it, it may have changed through the years. Today I was on the way to church and it was cooler than, you know, it's getting a little cooler. Man, I, I had the windows, I didn't have the top down, had the windows down. I'm smelling that air and I felt like a teenager. And, and I really, I thought, I thought to myself, oh, that's a smell of youth. And, and then I looked in my mirror and I'm like, but you ain't a youth anymore and I'm like but in my mind I feel young and strong and but but my body and this is all a result of what happened in the garden something the devil did but in spite of that this 53 year old body can lift his hands and bow the knee and lift a shout unto God and dance before the Lord and the enemy stands back and says I can't touch him he's praising God with that body come on now somebody needs to hear me You can't sit there like a bump on a log and expect the devil to respect you. you got to put the fear of God in him and give him some praise. Head worship. Come on now. Come on now. Let me be your pastor for a minute. Your respectability in this realm doesn't mean squat. In the spirit realm, what needs to happen is we need to be less respectable here and more respectable on that other side, in heaven and in hell. And they say, oh, my God, our greatest victory means nothing right now because he has kept us at bay by praising us with what he's got left. David looked at old Michael and said, you think this is bad? You Goofy goober, right? SpongeBob reference there. Sorry about that. It's going to get worse. Here's why. Because it was God before whom I danced and shouted. And, And not only that, David wrote that eighth psalm. David wrote these psalms. He said... He understood the enemy understands. I'm the one that defeated Goliath, but it wasn't me. I had respect on the other side. What you do in the natural, in this physical realm, affects the way the enemy looks at you and handles you and messes with you. You want to get him out of your life? You learn how to praise and worship God. While in this realm, 
Don't wait till you get to heaven. Praise and worship him now. Give him praise, everybody, right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, stand with me right now. I've got lots of notes. Know ye not that your body, your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, glorify, magnify God with your body. Are you sick of hearing the enemy whisper in your ear, you'll never make it? Who do you think you are? You're going to let everybody down. You'll never, ever, never be worthy. You might as well throw in the towel and give up now. Here's my response. I'm going to take this body and I'm going to yada and hold up my hands. And I'm going to halal and I'm going to crazy dance before the Lord. And I'm going to tahila and play me some music before the Lord. And I'm going to zamara and sing me some halals before the Lord. I'm going to... Uh, uh, do these other words, rejoice and shabak and shout and barak and kneel. I'm going to praise the Lord while I am in my flesh. Come on. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to shut that devil up. You can't just look at the devil and say, shut up. Now, you do have authority, but you hear what I'm saying. Let me tell you, if you want to supercharge that, you say in Jesus' name, you shut up. That ain't the truth. That's not the truth of who I am. As a matter of fact, I'm, qu I'm tired of talking to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your blood. And woo, I glorify your name. I lift you up with my mouth and with my hands, with this body. Listen, some of us live like the devil with these bodies at one time. Why don't you? And that's what 1 Corinthians 6 is all about. Quit all that hanky-panky and all that stupid stuff and start using this body as an instrument of harm against the devil that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Start using it as a weapon against the enemy. The greatest victory that hell ever won has turned around and become our greatest weapon. That's the genius of our God. Come on, lift your hands to him right now in Jesus' name. I bless you, Lord. Miracles can happen in this place, y'all. I'm telling you, some of you, the Lord's been challenging you, pricking your heart to get you to loosen up a little bit. I don't care about your past. I don't care about the church that hurts you. and I don't care what your parents did wrong in your life. I don't care about all that stuff. What matters is what Jesus did on a rugged cross for you and what Jesus is doing for you right now. And he's challenging you. Step out of that box. Step out of that box. Come on. Get outside yourself. Don't worship him just with your mind and just with your heart. Worship him with your body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Here's what we're going to do. And I'm challenging you once again. And, and please, I, I don't want you to take this as just another altar call. I want you to do something you've never done before in your praise and worship. And I feel led to tell you that. I mean, take it to another level. 
If you've got to bow that knee, bow that knee, baby. That's part of those seven words that are the only biblical words for praise and worship. There's no Bible for putting your hands together, even like holding them like in a prayer position. What you do is, is you, you do those, one of those seven words. Lift your hands, clap your hands, sing songs, bow the knee, dance, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I want you to take one of those in a way you've never done it before. I mean, if you're wanting victory over the enemy, over the, over the flesh, over what the, the enemy's trying to do in your life, I want you to take it to another level. I want you to quickly come around this front. And as they sing these, this amazing song, I want you to begin to praise him. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.